Have you ever tried to lose weight and maybe seen some success and you're like, oh, I've got this. I can just rinse and repeat these habits all the way down to my goal weight. And then something strange begins to happen on your way down the scale. Maybe subtly, maybe suddenly, but definitely inexplicably, you stop doing the behavior that helped you have some of that success in the first place. And you're like, why am I sabotaging myself? In this episode, we're going to talk about what self-sabotage is, why it happens, how it's completely normal, and best of all, what to do about it. You ready? Let's get to it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello, how are you today? You know, I was just thinking when I used to lead team meetings, sometimes I would start meetings by asking what's going right today because there's some science behind uh, questions that can ask your, you, you know, you, when you ask questions you, that can prime the brain of the person you're asking to look for whatever it is that you're asking for. So if you say, how are you doing? That someone could be like, well, I'm fine or I'm actually struggling or whatever. But if you ask what's going right today, that uh, helps the person who is listening look for what is going right? And it helps prime the brain for optimism and positivity. And as we know, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. So I might ask you, what's going right today? Uh, for myself, I uh, got in a good run today. Sun is shining and, uh, you know, life is good. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics um, because it's near and dear to my heart. Personally, suffer from this all the time. Self-sabotage. So I want to start talking about self-sabotage with an analogy and a story. Um, my husband was in the military, and we spent one year deployed over in Guam, which is a really tall, uh, excuse me, a really small island in a really big ocean. And actually, fun fact, Guam is closer to Hong Kong than it is to Hawaii. So like, it's really out there. And um, because we were so far away, we decided, well, we're over on this side of the world, we might as well see some stuff. So we had a chance to go visit Australia. And Australia is amazing. And also, there's lots of animals in Australia that can kill you. And so naturally, we wanted to check them out. And there is a place called Hartley's Crocodile Farm in Cairns, Australia, which is fantastic. Like, you need to look up this place on YouTube or, or Google Images because it's amazing. When we were there, we went to uh, this one little, you know, like, you know, meet the gamekeeper kind of thing. And so we get into this, the stands, it's small, and there's this, this pond there, not super huge. And, uh, you know, the, the show hadn't begun yet. So we're like, all right, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. And there, the pond, like I said, wasn't that big. And apparently there's supposed to be this like 16 foot alligator, or excuse me, crocodile in the pond. Uh, but I didn't see anything. So I was like, um, we'll have to wait and see. So then the gamekeeper shows up and he does his spiel and stuff. And he has this long pole and a string on the end of the pole. And he ties some chicken meat to the end of the pole. And apparently in the pond is a crocodile that they have named Hagrid because he is especially big and especially aggressive. 
And so the gamekeeper you know, tells us about Hagrid. And I'm like, all right, I'll wait to see it. Because I can't see anything yet. Like, this just this pond. And the gamekeeper puts the pole out over the pond and dangles the chicken meat. And the water erupts. This enormous animal, this reptile, this, this dinosaur, basically, erupts out of the water, straight up in the air. And only half of his body was out of the water. And he was just, he was as tall as the gamekeeper. And he, you know, grabs the chicken meat and goes back down in the water. And I was, you know, you might say I was taken aback. I was like, whoa, that was impressive. And self-sabotage can be like that. Self-sabotage can be like Hagrid the, the crocodile hiding underneath the surface of the water. You can't see it, but you know it's there. And it comes out to grab you just when you think everything's fine. So at its core, self-sabotage happens when there's this inner conflict between part of you wants to lose weight, but part of you, part of your brain doesn't want to lose weight. And you could be thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, I want to lose weight. Uh, But that's what's on the surface. Of course, I want to lose weight is what's on the surface. That part of you that doesn't want to lose weight, that is afraid to lose weight is like Hagrid, the crocodile, lurking beneath the surface. And it can be frustrating to feel like there's this kind of involuntary action that's happening sometimes that uh, can sabotage your success. You know, why, why did I eat that? Why did I go off my plan? Why did I say, screw it, uh, you know, on the weekend when I was just feeling tired, when I know my long-term goal is to lose weight? I want you to know nothing is taking over you. Nothing has gone wrong. It is your brain working the way it's supposed to. You are not broken. Your brain is trying to protect you. And every Every self, excuse me, every successful weight loss story has self-sabotage in it. Every person is capable of self-sabotage. We need to normalize self-sabotage so we can get past it. If you have a human brain, you are capable of self-sabotage. And every person who has ever been successful at weight loss at some point or another has self-sabotaged themselves. So it's normal. It's okay. It's not your fault. So why does this happen? What, what is it? What is that that's lurking underneath the surface of our brain in the subconscious that begins to sabotage our progress? What, why does this happen? And it can be all number of reasons, but there's kind of four main categories that self-sabotage can drop into. And what's happened generally when we're young, our brains are trying to make sense of the world and we don't have much of a filter to be like, this is true, this is bogus, this is not true. And so our brain is working so hard to try and make sense of the world. And when that happens when we're young, that those stories, uh, that they're like, oh, this happened, and so it makes sense because of this reason, become part of our subconscious, become part of our identity, and they get buried beneath the surface, but they become kind of our operating programs that that begin to manifest themselves in our lives later in life. So like a simple example is uh, when I was, uh, when, when my son was in kindergarten, I would go in and kind of volunteer teach sometimes for his kindergarten class. And there was this little boy there and his name was Dalton. And he was a sweet, sweet kid. And the main teacher was Miss Tracy. And she was a lovely woman, very experienced. Uh, she had so much more patience for those kids than I did. Uh, God bless her. And she was older than I was, but I was taller than she was. And so Dalton, it's a six-year-old kid. And he had um, an older brother 
who was taller than him. And he had a younger sister who was shorter than him. And, you know, the grownups in his life were all taller. And so his little brain was trying to make sense of that. And so the sense that he made was people that are taller are older. And so one day he said, Miss Lizzie, are you are you older than Miss Tracy? And, you know, I said, no, she's, you know, that was a little bit awkward since Miss Tracy was older than me. And like, you don't usually want to uh, highlight a woman's age. But nevertheless, he he was trying to explain life to himself. And that's what made sense to him as a six-year-old, even though it didn't happen to be true. And that's a simple example for what can happen in our minds that eventually leads to self-sabotage. So in a more weight loss type of example, I've had real clients who have gone through various things that their brains made sense of something at the time, and it got buried into their self-conscious that eventually ended up making weight loss difficult for them in the past. For example, I had a client who was constantly teased at the lunch table at school. And so she learned never to eat in front of others, particularly at school. But obviously when she got home, she was hungry. And so she would binge eat when she got home, kind of in secret. I've had another client who had very strict uh, rules around food as a child. And so she learned that if she was going to have sweets or, you know, something that she wanted, she had to eat it. She had to kind of like sneak it away and and put it in her room, um, you know, like around Halloween candy, there was, you could eat it only so much and then we're going to throw away the rest. And she learned that if she was going to enjoy her Halloween candy, she had to hide it. And so her, her brain learned to kind of hide food and eat in secret. Um, Unfortunately, I've had clients who were a victim of an assault. And so they learned that looking attractive is sometimes dangerous because that can lead to a very awful experience. Uh, I've had a, a client who had a sister who was suffering from an eating disorder. And the, the sister was very obsessive about calories and points and various things. And that led to a lot of pain in the family. And so my client learned that focusing on what you eat leads to destruction, leads to pain. And so she's like, I'm just gonna eat whatever I want. And I had another client who felt neglected and unloved by her parents and her her mother valued being thin. And so in her child brain, she learned that in order to be valued and loved, I need to be thin, but I'm not thin, so I'm not loved. Another example I've I've seen is when there are financial struggles uh, when you're young. And so it's like, eat all you can now because you don't know when we're going to have more. Like, you know, eat everything at the buffet because we need to get our money's worth. And so that can lead to self-sabotaging behaviors later on in life. And so all of these things are experiences that your kind of more vulnerable part of your brain realizes are difficult, are painful, and it's trying to protect you from. And they get pushed into the subconscious. And again, like kind of on an operating system of in order to avoid the pain of being teased or the pain of the assault or the pain of feeling unloved, in order to avoid that, I am going to eat in secret or I am going to hoard my food or I am going to not pay attention to what I eat to avoid feeling uh, obsessive about it. Or I'm not going to be thin because then that means I would be vulnerable to another attack. All of these things can create rationalizations in our brains beneath our conscious awareness. So on the surface, my clients were trying to lose weight, 
But underneath the surface, there was part of their brain that was like, it is a threat to lose weight. It is not okay. It's not safe to lose weight. So that's how self-sabotage can happen. Now, uh, earlier I said there's kind of four main categories of self-sabotage that, that are these thoughts sort of fall into. So those four categories are, number one, low self-esteem. Number two, fear of failure. Number three, fear of change. And number four, fear of success. So let's take those one at a time. Number one, low self-esteem. Sometimes deep down, there can be a voice that says, I don't deserve to succeed. I don't deserve to feel good. And that can be really hard. Uh, A lot of times, if there is that voice inside, that voice came from somebody else. Somebody taught you that as a young person, that you're no good, or, you know, we need to humble ourselves and to be boastful is wrong. Uh, A lot of times, if you have trouble with self-esteem, it's not necessarily an issue with you. It's more an issue with what you were taught when you were small. But nevertheless, the voices of others can become our own voice over time, and it becomes that voice of the inner critic, even if you learned it from you know, an authority figure when you were young. So maybe you had messages from grownups saying that life is hard and that you don't get to be happy. A lot of times that can become limiting beliefs that act like hardware in the wiring of a computer. So let me ask you, do you have a hard time accepting compliments sometimes? Do you brush, brush off compliments? Do you feel like sometimes you hide your true self in order to please others or gain approval? Maybe if something goes wrong, do you immediately assume you did, you know, you did something wrong? Do you blame yourself? When those things happen, it feels bad. You feel bad about yourself and feeling bad about yourself makes it really easy to turn to food to feel better. If your subconscious mind is operating on the underlying program of I don't deserve to succeed or I am unlovable, then you may find yourself doing inexplicable behaviors that sabotage your weight loss progress. It can be really helpful to identify what are those voices? You know, what are those sentences, those limiting beliefs? I don't deserve to succeed. I am unlovable. It's hard to change a a limiting belief if you don't know what it is. So first, you got to try and identify it. And it can be helpful to try and identify where did you learn that from? Was it messages from your mother when you were young? Was it messages from society? Was it just the atmosphere in your house uh, as a young person that, you know, we need to be humble and grateful for what we get and don't be boastful? Wherever that comes from, it can be helpful to sort of externalize and realize, oh, when I was a kid, I learned this from somebody else. That message that I have in my brain is not actually mine. And so it's not your fault if you were raised to with certain expectations and beliefs around what you should do or what you're supposed to do. Identifying what that limiting belief is, figuring out whose voice it really is, if it's not yours, can help you say, okay, that is not from me, that belief of I am unlovable, that came from somebody else. And now I get to choose, am I gonna own that, that thought and make it mine? that I, I genuinely am unlovable, or am I going to say that was their issue and I get to decide what's true for me? So you get to choose what is true for you, but you can't do that if you don't identify what that limiting belief is in the first place. Okay, the second category of self-sabotage can be fear of failure. 
I have to admit, I think I identify with this one the most. I there is there is that voice inside of me that is like, this is hard. I don't want to do it. I'm what if what if I don't succeed? And and a lot of times fear of failure can actually is actually masquerading as perfectionism. And it's easy to use perfectionism as our shield almost to avoid failure. I was like, well, if I can't get it right, I might as well not try. And I mean, let's be honest, failure hurts. It's it's a threat to your primal sense of safety and security. Why risk failing at something when you can be safe and cozy when things are just fine as they are? But the problem is things aren't just fine as they are. That's why you want to lose weight in the first place. But part of your subconscious mind says, no, 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 things are fine. I am safe just as we are. And if I fail, that's not safe. And so the subconscious mind can sabotage us by almost getting ahead of the failure. We can fail in advance by not really trying. Because if I don't really give it my all, if I say, well, I was trying to lose weight, but I, I didn't log any of my food and, you know, weekends are always a mess. And then my in-laws came to visit and it just, it just didn't work. That way I can externalize the failure and it's not it's not my fault because I didn't, I didn't really give it my all. I didn't really try. If we go all out, if we give it a hundred percent of our effort and then we fail, that really hurts. That's not like a blow to our identity. Whereas if I say, well, I didn't really try, like, you know, I could have, I could have done more and it just, it wasn't the right time. Then that kind of keeps our sense of identity safe. And that's how your subconscious mind can sabotage your success based on the fear of failure. All right, number three, the third main type of self-sabotage is fear of change. Whew, the subconscious mind does not like change. Why? Because it's a threat, you know? It all goes back to the primitive days of, you know, cave gal Sally and cave gal Jill. Change meant danger change meant something's wrong. Is there a famine coming? Is, is you know the weather changing? And so our food will not be as plentiful. Any kind of change to the environment meant something's about to go wrong. Whenever we have change in our lives, you know whether it's I'm going to move to a new city or I'm going to try a new job or I'm going to change the way I eat, that is viewed by the subconscious mind as danger, danger. Everything that is a change is met with like suspicion and like, I actually like things the way they were because your subconscious mind's main job is to keep you alive. And whatever you did yesterday got you to today. You are still here. And so your subconscious mind thinks like, whatever I did yesterday, if, if that included pizza and beer, well, I want to do the same thing today because that's my success so far. Fear of change can show up in other ways as well within your household. Like for example, Let's say you want to eat healthier, but you're not sure if your family is going to go for it. Or let's say you want to try and exercise, but then how are you going to fit in that time to exercise for yourself within your schedule? It, it means effort. It means things are going to be disrupted. It is natural to want to avoid change. And when it comes to changing your habits to try and be healthier, it can seem like your brain is working against you because it actually literally is. <laughs> so it's not your fault. Okay. The fourth way, the fourth main category of self-sabotage is fear of success. So why would somebody be afraid to lose weight? Why would somebody be uh, 
wanting to avoid the success because on the on the surface, we feel like, of course, I want to lose weight. I want to fit into my skinny jeans. I want to look amazing in pictures. But actually, losing weight can be scary for a lot of reasons. So let's say, for example, um, what if you lose weight and you're still not happy? What then? Then you got to look inside and be like, well, well, if it's not my body, then then what is it that's making me unhappy? That could be scary. Or what if I lose weight and then I actually have to put myself out there and you know start dating again? You know, then that leads into the fear of failure or the fear of rejection. You know, that could be scary. It's much easier to hide behind. Well, I won't go on a date yet until I lose the weight. It's 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 safe there behind that that kind of barrier of I haven't lost the weight yet. Or maybe even telling yourself, you know, once I lose weight, then I can go for that job promotion. Well, that's great, but that's also scary. And it's again, it's easier to hide behind the the goal of I want to lose weight first than it is to go for something that you really want, but you could fail at. That's scary. Maybe you'd have to change your lifestyle. Maybe you, you know, would lose some friends. You know, maybe you go out on Friday nights with the girls. And if you start eating healthier and drinking less, they're gonna be like, what's wrong with you? Don't you want to hang out with us anymore? Aren't you, are you too good for us now? That could be scary. What if you attract unwanted attention from somebody who could be a threat, who could be dangerous to you? That is a real fear. I have talked to real clients about that losing weight is scary because then people notice them. And to lose weight can mean to be seen. And that can be scary. And it's okay to be afraid of that. It's okay that that is a worry. It's normal that your fear voice would pop up and subconsciously start figuring out ways how to not have as much success because then you'd have to face the fear of what lies on the other side of success. So these four categories of self-sabotage are all very normal. If you identify with one or three or what have you, know that you are okay. Nothing has gone wrong. It is simply your brain trying to protect you. So let's quickly talk about like, how does this even happen? Why, why does it do this? So your brain takes up a lot of energy in the body. The prefrontal cortex is where we make our decisions, uh, but it, it's very energy expensive. And so the subconscious uh, lower part of the brain is much more energy efficient the conscious mind is where we make decisions around like, I'm going to go on a diet. But the subconscious mind is where a lot of the underlying operating patterns happen. And in order to conserve energy, your brain looks for patterns and then delegates it to the subconscious mind where it can kind of run on autopilot. And so what has happened over time is a lot of those repeating thoughts that you may have learned when you were young or that you have learned from a traumatic event that gets delegated to the lower brain so it can kind of run on autopilot underneath the surface where it takes up less energy. You know, all kinds of things can reside there uh, in the subconscious mind, like thoughts about your ability to lose weight. Like, you know, maybe you've tried in the past and, and failed. And so that gets delegated to the subconscious mind running, but you know, underneath the surface, just like Hagrid the, the crocodile. Maybe you were told when you were younger, you know, you got to clean your plate. There are starving children in Africa. And so that's a subconscious pattern that's running on autopilot underneath your brain. Maybe those rules around uh, diets that you've tried in the past can get embedded in your subconscious mind. Maybe even opinions that you have adopted about yourself from something that somebody else said. I mean, 
I remember it, when I was in college and playing on the soccer team, uh, my soccer coach mentioned that my shorts were getting a little too tight. And I was like, that that's not cool. But it still made me very subconscious uh, that somebody was noticing if I was gaining or losing weight. So we have all these different thoughts during the day. And most of our thoughts and most of our actions come from the subconscious part of our brain, which is why it is so important that that 5% of thoughts that are in your conscious part of your brain need to be something that you are proactively choosing. Because if you've got those underlying autopilot patterns running in your subconscious part of your brain, if you have any chance of changing them, you've got to bring them into your conscious awareness and then proactively choose to change them. And so that leads us to how do we change self-sabotage? So that's what we're going to talk mostly about next week in part two of our self-sabotage series. Real quick though, the way to address self-sabotage is to number one, have awareness. You can't change something that you're not aware of. You can't change a limiting belief if you don't know what it is. So we're going to talk about how do you become aware of what that underlying autopilot pattern is in your brain. So you, you kind of drag it up from underneath the surface of the, of the pond of your subconscious, if you will, and then you can look at it. So we have to be aware of it. That's step one. Step two is we use that thought as a trigger to redirect to a different thought, to a new thought that you want to choose on purpose. Our self-sabotaging thoughts in the past have been happening on autopilot. We need to change that. So we need to take that 5% of conscious thought and think the thoughts that we want to have on purpose. So step two is redirect. Use the old thought as a trigger to redirect towards your new thought that you want. And then step three is practice. You've got to give yourself time and the grace to really be terrible at this at first. It's going to take time. So practice, practice, practice. You are just human. And it is okay for this to take some time. You are worth the effort. Okay, so our one confident action step this week, one baby step to put into practice. Ready? I want you to have a think about the four main types of self-sabotage. So once again, that's low self-esteem, fear of change, fear of failure, fear of success. Which one of those resonates with you? Which one kind of like, ooh, there's a little bit more emotion attached to that one, or ooh, that one kind of like lights up a trigger inside of me, like, eh. Think about that one. And then I want you to kind of give yourself the grace to dig deeper and wonder with curiosity and compassion for yourself, what could be the story underneath that fear of success or fear of failure? What might your child brain have learned a long time ago that it's now protecting you from? All right. So in the next episode, we're going to go into detail about our redirect routine. And we're also going to cover the seven most common self-sabotaging thoughts that derail your progress. I can't wait to get into that next episode with you. It's going to be amazing. Until then, remember, love yourself like your life depends on it, baby. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it. And I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.